0: Hello and welcome to the Soulless Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We pray that God speaks to you today through this message. For more sermon content and information, visit SoullistChurch.com. The topic of tonight is how do I cultivate a spirit-filled life? And um, the, the other I think the other phrase we used was how do I cult even this, like. How do I cultivate a flourishing spiritual life? And we're saying those are the same thing, right? They're synonymous. The Holy Spirit is not like this enhancement to my spiritual life. He, he's the substance of my spiritual life. And so how do I cultivate that kind of spirit-filled life uh, that I want to live in the power that the Holy Spirit wants to pour out into my life? And so that's why we're here tonight. That's what we're studying. And to uh, walk us through that, we have uh, a—I f- a fam- I, I always, like, backtrack— whenever I'm about to call him a guest speaker, because, again, he's not that. But um, Casey was just recently uh, with us at our Sunday gathering two weeks ago. We got to check out his message about missiology, the mission of the church, and he uh, was so gracious to, to put some time in his schedule. He's full-time, uh, Casey Cleveland's full-time leading a, a church in Del Rey. He's got four children. He's got a very full life, and so for him to put this on his calendar and, and make some time to be with us tonight is a really awesome thing. Um, would you guys give it up for Dr. Casey Cleveland as he comes up? You know, Sunday I introduced him as Pastor Casey Cleveland because it was church. But uh, I really want to honor the degree he has here in a more academic setting. So, uh, Doctor Reverend Casey Cleveland. Um, so, uh, if you guys don't know, too, I shared about this a little bit a couple Sundays ago. But um, Casey pastors the Avenue Church in Delray Beach. It's been about eight years. And, um, long story short, God has connected our paths in a really cool, he did it in a really super, supernatural, like, it's a really cool story, the way he did it, and what was going on, and, um, there's a, there's, like, crazy stats about the statistics of church plants that have a greater success rate, that's how you like to use that word, loosely, success, but, like, you know, um, the longevity of the plant, and it's often directly connected to having a coach, um, and when I stepped out to plant Solace Church, I had nothing more than a call to do it, you know, like, and, like, my family, like, oh, let's go, <laughs> you know, we'll follow you, and, um, God has been so faithful to our church, and to me, uh, to bless my life with a friend, brother, mentor, like, Casey, who's been able to coach me uh, along the way, and not just with, like, oh, here's how you do church, but, like, Andrew, the best gift, this is constantly what he's reminding me of, like, what he's teaching tonight, The best gift that I, and I believe this as a pastor, can give Souls Church is my own spiritual life. It's not great sermons. It's not great systems. As a leader, the best gift I could give as a leader is to be a follower of Jesus in a really close and personal way. And this is a guy that's always kept me there and centered me there, making sure my marriage is good, that my spiritual life is rich. And so I'm super thankful for him. Uh, So thankful that I'm going to stop talking because I'll talk for hours. Uh, I love him so much. Could you guys uh, just give it up again for Casey, my brother?
1: It makes me not want to preach on Sunday without Andrew welcoming me at at our own church up in Delray. So uh, super grateful to be here with you guys tonight. And uh, as you know, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when I was with you guys on a Sunday morning, um, you know, there, it's not often that you get reminded of what a gift you have uh, in your pastor and uh, you guys have a great great gift and uh, it's uh, it's one that uh, I think you should savor and uh, and just be reminded of that you have somebody who uh, loves Jesus dearly and loves you and is incredibly committed to what God is doing here and uh, and through you guys so uh, thankful for Andrew, and it's reciprocated. Uh, it's not a one-way relationship. He's, he's a dear friend and a great encouragement to my heart, so love you. Um, yeah, so uh, let's get this off the screen so that you don't, your expectations go back down, <laughs> okay? <laughs> let's put this on the screen because this is a bit more descriptive of me. So just briefly before I kind of share some stuff, I wanted you guys to know uh, more who I am so that I'm not just some random guy coming in. This is my family, um, family of six now. And it, we, it's really hard to get a picture of six um, humans at this age all looking at the camera at the same time. So this is the best we could do. Uh, and so this is us, uh, I guess, at Lion Country Safari, as you can tell. So we have a 14-year-old, Cole, who... Uh, just got braces, so he doesn't smile much. If you had braces and you remember, you would, like, put on that fly grin. That's what he's got on right there, the fly grin. Um, I'll talk about her last because she's my favorite. This is Cade, and uh, Cade is our 4-year-old, uh, and he is just, like, all 100% 4-year-old boy coming at you hot. He comes in super hot, okay? So if, I think you guys watched him here one time when I came and shared whoever was doing kids that night. So thank you. Bless you. And Lord, keep you and give you double portions, because you watched him, and then you also watched his sister, uh, Cora, who is our three-year-old, and uh, we named her Cora or Joy because that's just what she does. She just brings joy to every uh, situation, and uh, it's just been really cool to be able to, we got to foster them through four kids, and then uh, we got to call them uh, son and daughter uh, about a year ago when we adopted them, so that was a really cool process for us. And uh, and that's my 17-year-old. Uh, she'll be a senior this year, and um, her world is just kind of about finishing up school and playing volleyball. She's gonna go play volleyball uh, in college here in about a year, and so that's been her story. And uh, she's she's my bud. So I'm not exactly sure what it's gonna be like when my buddy leaves. But if you've been through that, maybe you can come and comfort me um, when that when that happens. And so my favorite is my wife. Um, she knows it. They know it. And it's. It's super healthy for my family to know that that she she wins and uh, she's been winning my heart for twenty three years We just celebrated twenty three years in may and um yeah she is uh, so Jesus gets the throne of my heart and uh and she's she's number two behind him and uh, has come along with me for all of the crazy adventures like trying to start a church and fostering and just all the all the all the crazy stuff that we've uh, gotten to be a part of so that's that's family and then um This is kind of what Sundays look like for us, so we're just kind of like you guys, you know, just putting it together, making it happen, setting it up, tearing parts of it down. There's another church that comes in after us. We actually meet on a church property, uh, Trinity Del Rey, up in Del Rey, and um, we just believe so deeply in gospel friendships and John 17, you know, where Jesus is, like, unified so that the world may know that uh, we're like, hey, let's, let's do that with another local church and just kind of try to figure out what that looks like. And so um, we're in their gymnasium, and uh, we're the avenue. They're Trinity, two, two distinct churches, but we get to worship together. We've combined kids and students, and it's just, like this really cool just gospel love affair. I don't really know how else to describe it. And, but this is what kind of Sunday looks like for us, and uh, we've been going eight years, and that has uh, been a big part of our story. So tonight... Um, we are talking about uh, this idea of a spiritual life or we're going to be looking at spirit-filled. And I was like, first of all, what does that even mean, <laughs> like spirit-filled? So if you're part of the church and you grew up in the church, you, you know. You, that, like that's common terminology. But you know it's kind of weird to actually think about, right? That we're like Possessed. That's not the word we would use. It's almost like you would think this is something from Stranger Things that you're trying to avoid. Like, okay, that thing, I don't know what it is, but it's like a spirit, and it got in one of these dudes. I don't know how it got in. You got to, like, heat it out. And, like, you don't want it, though. You know that, like, even if you're not a part of the sort of Stranger Things, you know you don't want that guy inside of you. Okay? And, And so the idea that we're filled by something outside of us and, as Andrew said, he happens to be another person, I mean, let's just let's not get too churchy that we forget how radically awesome that is. Um, and so, just to just this is me kind of pulling back. And I don't know your tradition or where you're from or whether you actually believe that God's Spirit fills us or not. But I just wanted to like deal with the reality of how uncommon and unnatural this is. Like, if it is true, it would have to be divine. It would have to be other than what we're, what, we're no, what we're used to. And so just wanted to start there because I'm going to do my best to try to then describe sort of how this kind of happens and what this is like and some of my own experience with this. Um, and so just know that uh, even though th- this is called a lecture, this is more like a we're dialoguing together and uh, I'm still working this out. This isn't because I am like proficient in it. It's just because I've like tasted the Lord in this and these are some of the things that I've been learning you know, like along the way. So let's just do that together. And um, if you have your Bibles, we are going to be in Ephesians. And uh, we're going to look at a verse or a passage, I'm sorry, in Ephesians um, that you might be familiar with as it pertains to being filled with the Spirit. Um, it's in Ephesians 5. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, beginning in verse 18. Um, and so, uh, kind of preparing for this. This isn't like a sermon. This isn't um, a message. This is th- this is more like uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna look at some stuff here so that we're biblically based. So this isn't just like my ideas being floated out there. So we want to be biblically grounded, and then we want to get to some practical stuff. Like how has this been working out? And and. Uh, we'll, we'll move from there. So we want to start with Scripture as our authority and then move out from there as to, like, well, how does this kind of work out for us uh, on the practical? And so in Ephesians um, 5, we see Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and um, he's getting to uh, this particular chapter, and, and this, there's, there's, like, this theme of the new life. And in the new life, one of the greatest distinctions of the fact that you have been uh, given the Holy Spirit is, and then thus filled with the Holy Spirit is you become um, lovers of one another. Like love, so so I don't know what your, again, I don't know what your tradition is in being filled with the Spirit and what, that, what connotations come to mind, but the main connotation should be that you have this um, increase divine of being able to experience God's love and then give it. So let's let everything be secondary to that, if we want to talk about it. gifts of the Spirit, all those. That's not really tonight. What I want to center tonight on is what the Spirit centers on, which is Jesus and experiencing his love both personally and then being outpoured toward, uh, uh, toward one another. And that's Ephesians 5. And so that's the context um, that, we, that we pick it up in. And, and Paul writes uh, to this church, um, and, and, he, and he talks about, um, you know, uh, beginning in verse 18, And do not get drunk with wine. Uh, for that is debauchery, um, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, the, uh, the language there is it's got like a, a continuation of something that doesn't just happen once. So the verbiage is like it's an ongoing thing that you should be seeking to do. Uh, and, and it's not a suggestion. You know, you know, Paul's not just like, hey, this is kind of a cool add-on to your Christian life. As Andrew even mentioned, it, it's like it is your life. Um, so, t- so tonight's talk could have been just titled, like, how do you live? Question mark. <laughs> like, if I want to live as a Christian, it depends on this. And so um, so it's like be ye being filled con- continually. So we'll take a look at that in just a minute. Um, uh, verse 19. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns, in spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. Um, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Who knew that submission was one of like the key distinctions that you're filled with the Spirit? I mean, we want power. We want demonstration. We don't want like submission necessarily, Um, but seems to be kind of I don't know. You know how like, you want to say like a really important thing at the end, like drop the mic? So Paul kind of, I mean, he continues here, but there's a little bit of a mic drop there with being filled with the Spirit, and it's like submitting to one another. So um, so kind of what, what we wanted to do here is take a look at um, the why, some of the why, and, and then spend more of our time on uh, how. So the why of experiencing God is, um, you've got this, uh, and this is just from the passage, sort of sort of three, th- well, this is beyond the passage, but you'll see one of these in the passage. You've got sort of a, a tri-perspective here with God's Holy Spirit, and, you know, we talked about the Trinity, and this is, this is. I, I think that the Lord, I, I can see a lot of threes in the way the Lord works, and, and this is one of them, and so we um, the why of why are we, would we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, um, and I believe it would be in this order. And the first one uh, would be that we would have an inward experience of God. Um, so before we can give anything outward, we have to, like, have it, right? You can't give away what you don't have. And so um, the, the filling of the Spirit and, and even the, the reason that you have the Spirit is that your hearts would be made alive again. Because we were all, you guys were all flatlined at one point. You were born dead spiritually, and until God breathed life into you through his Holy Spirit, your hearts remained dead. You couldn't understand spiritual things. You were outside, separate, as Andrew said. And so um, sort of the first move of God's spirit and why we would have it is that we would wake up spiritually. We would come to life. And so there'd be an inward experience of God. And and this goes into um, probably a lot of the things that Andrew walked through in his message about like the Holy Spirit and maybe him being like counselor and convictor of sin and just like, like, brings things to life that that um, you couldn't have without them and then there's um upward so the natural response to being invaded by god's spirit is it it turns the like trajectory of your heart upward and you're like wow you love me you know me you want me like it makes you love god back and so there's an uh, why do you have the holy spirit so that you can love god and and you can you can not only experience what he has for you, but you can actually worship God. Because the thing that the Holy Spirit is famous for is making a big deal out of Jesus. So if you want to worship God, you, you have to have the Holy Spirit. And you have to allow him to do his job, which is make a big deal out of Jesus. Interesting enough, if, if you met my wife, you'd be surprised that she loved me before I loved her. True story. She was like the one who kind of like... Pursued me and, and like I, we were both coming out of relationships, but I was like whoa, like hit the brakes type thing. And and for her, she didn't need to hit the brakes. She's like, so hey, where are we? We had the DTR. Have you ever had that conversation? Define the relationship. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like you are coming in hot, like my four year old that we're gonna have one day. But anyway, so she just was like ready before I was. And what was really cool though is that um, after she won my heart, I spent the rest of my life pursuing her. And and she pursued me first, but but now I, I like adore her like crazy, and like uh, I'm all about my wife and uh, just giving myself for her. She came first, but then I've, I've become a pursuer of her heart ever since. And that's kind of how the Holy Spirit works. He he pursues us first, and then when he wins our hearts to Jesus, then we become a pursuer of Him. And then lastly is outward, and that's what Ephesians five is all about as this outward. Um, we have the Holy Spirit because, so that now we can actually love one another the way that we're supposed to. Because there's no way you could... If you knew me, you couldn't talk about me the way that Andrew did. If you Without the Holy Spirit. So if you knew the fullness of who I am, my depravity, my brokenness, my pridefulness, all those sort of things, you wouldn't be able to love me unless you were filled with the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't be able to accept me. You wouldn't be able to like talk to me in, in hymns and psalms and all those those sort of things. You wouldn't be able to. In the in the verse, it actually talks about how you would address me. And um, th- there's a couple of verbs in here: addressing. You wouldn't be able to submit to me. Um, you you know we we wouldn't be able to um, give thanks. We wouldn't be able to do these things at least for very long, just in our own power. But the but God's Spirit comes to live within us so that we can operate like as a as a family of God um, should. And and me back to you, like I. I couldn't grind it out with you for very long. I just couldn't, based on my own power. And so, um, the why of God's Spirit is it's got it's got inward, it's got upward, and then it's got outward. And then specifically, and this is a whole nother thread. I'll talk about it in just a minute, but um, is sort of that Acts one eight, where like we've been given the Holy Spirit so that we would be His witnesses. So and that's kind of the outward flow. So and there's no way for you to effectively share the gospel, and unless the Holy Spirit is doing it, because that's like what the Holy Spirit does. I mean, you could maybe do a couple of rounds of it, but it's just, it's not going to be very fruitful unless the Holy Spirit's in it, and so, um, that's kind of the reasoning of the why of the Holy Spirit, and, and the, the metaphor that Paul gives here is with wine, right, and so we see that he compares it to being drunk, so he's like, don't be drunk, but do this, and so without, like, belaboring this metaphor, I just want to check my time, without belaboring this metaphor too, too much, um, the, the idea here is that it takes a little bit of time, no matter what kind of, like, level of um, tolerance you have, to get drunk. Like, like even the, the hardest drinker, and I appreciate you guys inviting me into Sola's Saloon tonight. I can see, like, you guys decorated with the cowboys and stuff, and, like, this so it was really cool that you guys knew where we were going. Um, but, like, the, the idea that Paul says, he's like, so don't do this, do that. So just for a second, let's talk about the thing he doesn't want us to do. He doesn't want us to get drunk. So, so but in order to get drunk, you, it, it, it's not just like quick, especially with wine. Like it, it takes some time. There's you got to kind of drink deeply. You, you got to kind of keep going back for it. It's not just kind of like like one swig. And um, and so what he's saying here. Is there's a process to getting drunk, and then if you were to go even a little bit further with it, there's a there's a process to maintaining that feeling, correct? Like keeping the buzz, if you will. So so that it's it, okay. So if if you would use your imagination, think of your other friends that you're loving and sharing Christ with. They got to maintain that. It kind of comes and goes, and and so you know. Thinking about, okay, there's, there is a, there's a way to do that, and there's a way to, it's actually not a one-time thing. It's some, and, and the thing I th- that I think is, is probably most interesting is this idea of in being intoxicated, being under the influence. When you are drunk, you're under the influence. You talk different. You drive different. You, you are like all of a sudden like either brave or stupid or you say things you shouldn't or you should. It just, it, it affects your personality. And here's what Paul's saying. You should want your personality affected. You should want to be under the influence of something. It's just not that. It's this. And so think about all of your friends and when they find themselves in that drunken state, they're like a different person. Well, like, that's what it means to be a new creation, right? Like, you're a different dude when you're under the influence of the spirit. And so how do we get under the influence? And that's kind of where we'll camp out a little bit. Um, And so this this idea of regular rhythms. I love New York City. So anytime I can include a photo of New York City, I'm going to do it. Um, So I found a way to include it. Because in the city, even though there's, like, a lot of chaos that happens in the city, there are regular rhythms in every city. New York City. There are morning rhythms. There are things that happen in the morning that don't happen at night. There are lunchtime, midday rhythms of the city. There are nighttime rhythms. There's e- even seasonal rhythms. There's things that happen in December in New York that don't happen in October. And so as we start thinking about like um, this idea of how is it that we get more and more under the influence of the Holy Spirit um, this is a helpful word for me. Because I am, I stand before you as a a recovering Pharisee. I'm not completely free from it. I have a part in my heart that loves the law. I love to manipulate, to at least think I'm manipulating, controlling God. And so, I'm like a grinder. So, if you give me something to do, I can grind it out and get there. Like, I'm a marathoner. Like, I can do that. And so... um, for me, if when we start talking about being filled with the Spirit, if I think that there's something I can do to sort of earn it, I, sign me up. I'm in. I love to sweat and have control over this thing that I desire. So my desire is not wrong. I desire the Holy Spirit. It's just the way I pursue it, my heart is prone to wander into law, not grace. And so I'm still recovering from that. And so Um, As we walk through this together, some people might, you know, you might think of these as, well, are these spiritual disciplines, are these this, are these that? To me, these are some regular rhythms that I try to keep so that, because I know from experience, they help me to become more and more under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Regular rhythm. This works for me. If that wording doesn't work for you, it's totally cool, but if if you're kind of coming from church-based, like, heavy, like, this is what you got to do, a rhythm is something that has a little bit more of an organic, natural flow. There's an expectation, but it's not like it has to be like this every single day. And so these are these are some regular rhythms that have been helpful for me as I've just experienced more of God's love through his Holy Spirit. And here they are um, in no particular order. And these aren't all of them, but these are just kind of, as, as we were talking about trying to be practical, these are some of the things that have been important to me as I've um, become more and more acquainted with God's Spirit. The first one is resting. That was intentional. I wanted to start with resting because it's, again, not where my heart normally goes. But like um, Sabbath and resting, uh, maybe you don't think of that as a way that opens you up more to God's Spirit. But, I mean, obviously we know that it's biblical and it creates a context. These are all context creators. It creates a context where God can pour out more of his Spirit into you, and so resting has become a regular rhythm for me, um, and has helped me in in being filled and becoming more and more under the influence. Because uh, you know, like our world is kind of like the city; we just like to go. Even if we don't have something to do, we want to go. It kind of gives us like purpose, especially when there's things in our life that whisper, "We don't have purpose," and we don't. Yeah, and so, so resting and stopping, and like not even having a huge plan for what I'm going to do with resting, besides. I'm just resting today. I'm just turning some things off, and I'm just going to, like, just be instead of do. It's been helpful. Um, Pursuing, so this might be, you know, your whatever you would call it, like uh, like devotional time or quiet time or whatever. Um, I think I like the word pursuing. My house isn't very quiet with four kids, first of all, and neither is my head, and and so when you're kind of restless and you struggle through anxiousness like I do, and like, so so I'm quiet time doesn't always, not even always sure what to do in a quiet time. But when, when I think about, well, I just want to pursue Jesus, I know how to pursue my wife. I can, stu- I can think of pursuing Jesus in a similar way. And the ways that I pursue Jesus would, there are some like traditional ways that I pursue Jesus, and we're going to talk about one of them is, you know, just being in his word, um, journaling, prayer, things like that. But rather than thinking of those as um, kind of like things I have to do or things that that keep me kind of like going in the right direction, I want to think of those as like that's how I date Jesus. You know, like that's so I there's certain things that I do. I exist with my wife all the time. But then there's certain ways where I pursue her intentionally. We actually like get dressed up, we go out, you know, we do the two for 25 at Chili's. Awesome, right? It's awesome. That's kind of like where our budget is right now. Anyways, so, like, but I know in those moments we're pursuing one another. It's a little bit different than being shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder at home with, like, you know, four-year-old food on us. We're actually face-to-face. And so that's what I mean when pursuing. Like, I'm pursuing you, Jesus, and I don't, you know, it's through, through your word and prayer, things, some, some of those traditional uh, ways. But I'm going to talk, I'm going to do a, di- a little bit of a deeper dive on, on what one of those things looks like and how it's been helpful for me. Um, giving, so... Uh, there is an aspect uh, financially, but, but where as you make that a part of your regular rhythm, like God is able to fill you as you have release over certain things in your life. I'm, I'm thinking a lot of like your time. I'm thinking a lot of um, just kind of giving yourself away to others, even like just being a, a solid listener. And like, you know what? I'm just going to give you the best of me by listening. Um, like, I feel like God meets us in those moments. Um, and can fill us in that way. So gathering is one, and um, just the different uh, various sizes of gathering, I think, is important. So you've got this level gathering, you've got a Sunday gathering. Hopefully you have a bit more of like an, a more intimate gathering where you can do smaller, you know, smaller things in gathering. But God influences us and can pour out his spirit in us in ways when we gather that I've noticed he doesn't when I'm by myself. So like I could like crush it by reading my Bible every day and doing a bunch of stuff on my own. But if I'm not gathering with people, I don't get I don't come under the same influence as I do when I've got both of those things happening. There's something different that happens when we're together than when we're not. And if you notice a lot of the New Testament, especially the early church, like you don't see a ton, and again, I I believe in like regular reading your Bible and prayer, but you don't see a ton of narrative about Paul going off and having, like, five amazing quiet times this week. But you do see a lot of the church gathering and praying for people's release, and then all of a sudden it's like, Peter's here? Whoa, how did that happen? So there's something about gathering where God meets us. Um, so sharing, uh, this is this is like sharing our story. Um, when you share your faith, I believe that, like, God uh, meets you in, in like a really cool and special way. It's actually, um, even though it's for others, you, I, I think that you come under the influence of the Holy Spirit in a really sweet way when you decide to share your story, to share your faith, even in the moments when you're not doing like a gospel presentation, even when you're just maybe listening or building that relationship. Like, like when, when you're sharing your life in order to share Christ and love people well, uh, you know, like, that's, that's one of the reasons why we get the Holy Spirit, that we would be his witnesses. And so, like, you, I think it's um, um, uh, Francis Chan who writes, you shouldn't expect the Holy Spirit if you don't need the Holy Spirit. So if you're not in a context where you need the Holy Spirit to show up, you shouldn't necessarily think that you're going to come under this, like, really cool influence of him if you're just trying to live, like, a, a moral life. But if you're trying to do some of these like supernatural things, like sharing your faith and seeing somebody else come to life, well, then you could, you could probably expect the Holy Spirit. Um, celebrating. Um, so this is a, I love this one. I'm going to come back to this one here in just a second. So fasting, um, that's where you're temporarily giving up something good for something better. You know, so I'm just going to temporarily fast whatever, social media, food, whatever the case may be for this amount of time so that. I might make myself more sensitive and available for something better it 's not that that 's bad lord i just want to I just want more of you I want to be able to like experience more of you um, and so that 's been helpful and then uh worshiping and uh worshiping to me has both the gathered, but I write this in uh, a bit more of like the personal sense where i 've just experienced uh, a filling of the spirit by getting alone, so this is a bit more of on the alone side and just like um, singing to Jesus, not just about him, you know, like, um, there's a little bit of a difference when I'm talking about my wife tonight, and when I go home and I talk to her, and when I find myself just, like, in my own private worship of Jesus, uh, yeah, just something happens, um, and, and I believe it's the filling of the Holy Spirit. The celebrating one is, uh, that's uh, probably one of my favorites is, um, I think that in the Old Testament, they did a way better job of celebrating than we do in the New Testament. They, it was actually kind of part of their rhythms. You celebrate this, and then you have this feast. They were always feasting. In the, in, and then if you read the Gospel of Luke, Jesus seems to always be either going to a meal, at a meal, or coming from a meal. It's like, he's always feasting. I mean, isn't he called a drunkard and a, glunt, and a glutton and a friend of sinners, right? And so um, I think there's something about like celebrating life that we underestimate as Christians, and so um, my kids make fun of me for this, and that's when I know I'm probably onto something. But um, I try to like celebrate. Um, I do this better sometimes than others, but I try to celebrate like a ton of moments throughout the day. Uh, and uh, so let me back up. Like that's that's my vision for my day. It Doesn't always happen, right? Like I just get, I'm just get caught up in trying to survive the day, you know, a lot of times. But but like simple things like food. I love coffee. I love food. And so rather than just eating the food, um, just try to like, you know, the scripture says like being thankful in all things. I try to give thanks for the goodness of the food. And then I even try to take it one step further and like worship Jesus um, in in the midst of that context. And so uh, again, you this might sound weird to you. Um, my kids have laughed at me for this, but like I will get into the details of the coffee, the distinctions, the flavor of it, or the the ribs that I'm, like, crushing, or the waffle fries from Chick-fil-A, whatever it is. And, and I'll sometimes stop and take a moment and just be like, Jesus, like, wow, these ribs <laughs> are amazing. And it's not just thank you this time. Because if you're in a conversation, this is really weird. To be like, excuse me, I'm going to, like, worship right now. But, like, some... If you're around people who think you're weird already, then it's fine. You, you can be like, Jesus, these ribs are amazing. And you know what? Like, I, I can taste there's They're like a spice and a smoothness that's deeply satisfying in Jesus. You in my life, you're the spice and the smoothness that is so deeply satisfying. I worship you as my deep satisfaction. So um, you start thinking of life, in that way, and I think it's either Martin Luther or John Calvin who says all good gifts should should or can be used as like a shaft that leads us back to Jesus. And so when you take the time to enjoy and celebrate what's in front of you back unto Jesus, I don't know, it just feels like God's spirit's in that. And so um you may completely have just Like, written me off after that. And that's fine. So I'm almost done. Uh, But but a typical week. Yeah. I just say, I've had coffee with you before and you've done that. So I just have to say, and it's not weird. It's
0: awesome and it inspired me. It was like the beginning of our conversation. I think we are at R1. Yeah. And I was like, how are you (laughs) with two clocks? So good. So anyway, this is sincere.
1: Bear witness to the testimony. It is true. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for affirming my weirdness. Um, It is. I'm telling no lie. So, yeah, uh, a typical week, um, just briefly, because it's hard to define a typical week, but, you know, like, so a typical, I'll, I'll just kind of, you know, w- walk through today. I want to I leave some time for uh, an activity here. But, like, so today, um, just some rhythms that I've practiced. I don't do these every day, but um, uh, so I, I like to run. So in the morning I ran, and, and part of my running time uh, sometimes I just try to, like, be and and not have to think, like, oh, I've got to use this. i got to, like, use this for prayer, things like that. But sometimes I just like to be present in the moment because practicing presence is super helpful because, like, it gets you current with Jesus all the time because we're, we're not really good at being present. We're either in the future or the past. And so when you're present, that's actually where Jesus is, like, he's, like, doing some really amazing work in the present. And if And if we're not good at being present, And we, like, miss it, right? So sometimes I'm just present. Um, I think this morning I was kind of on a thankfulness thing. So I just like to start off just giving random thanks. Um, Scripture says it's kind of part of the outworking of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, And then I I walk my my run sometimes. I'll, like, run a couple miles. Then I'll just, you know, because if you run one place, then you got to walk back. So it's kind of cool how that works. Um, So I'll walk back. And when I walk, that's a bit more, like, focused prayer. And uh, and so today I was... um, I was kind of working through an issue that I was having just, in, like, just having an issue. So I was working through it with Jesus, and then I needed some wisdom on a particular thing. So I was talking to Jesus about that, and then I confessed some sin that he brought up in the midst of me um, just being with him. Because it's crazy what happens when you're just with somebody, right? Like, you learn so much more when you're just with them, sometimes without even an agenda. I had a little bit of an agenda because I wanted to, I needed some wisdom on this guy that we're bringing into. Uh, that we're hiring, and, and so anyways, that happened, and then, um, you know, uh, just kind of walk through my day, and I'm um, trying to be present as possible, and um, trying to, like, listen well, and connect well, and, um, you know, I was able to uh, read, and we're going to talk about that here as we end, but I was able to read and journal, which is um, always super helpful for me, and a way that I feel like God fills me with the Spirit, and, and would desire to do the same for you, and um, and then, uh, again, you know, just had different times where I was eating and drinking. And I'm not exactly sure how aware I was today or not, but, like, that's always a desire of mine. And, uh, incur- you know, pursued my wife over texts and just tried to make that happen. And, um, yeah, so there's a couple things. Got ready for this, so it got to be in the wor- word again. And um, so there's, there's just kind of some typical things that are part of my normal, had some worship um, and this was just kind of like in a coffee shop, so it wasn't crazy dramatic, but it definitely was like, I was getting to tell Jesus how awesome he is. Um. And so that's kind of a typical day. You know, nothing crazy, but like those are some regular rhythms um, for me. And, and the one that we'll, we'll kind of end on here is uh, the rhythm of uh, being in your word. Uh, and more importantly, having your word be in you. So uh, what what's cool is, um, Like, when you hear the voice of the Lord, something happens that, like, uh, we miss when we're always hearing our own voice. So when I'm always petitioning and praying and thanking, and l- that's cool. And, and those are things we just talked about. But sometimes I don't leave enough space for him to talk back. Wouldn't that be weird, right, if I've been married 23 years and I never knew the, the sound of my wife's voice? Because I was always so busy pursuing her. We're not really good with quiet, though, are we? Like, you're like, say something, dude, it's getting weird. We're just not good with that. And so um, the thing that we're just going to spend just a second on here, a moment, is this idea of, like, God, he wants to say things to you. It's like, my sheep will know my what? Voice. So if we don't have any space to hear his voice... That's probably one of the ways that he wants to fill us with his spirit through his voice as he tells us things and encourages us and convicts us and whatever. And so this is, um, yeah. So you 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 have a piece of paper in front of you, and we're we're gonna try something here just in a second, and it won't it won't take super long, but um, this is just kind of how I try to approach the scriptures uh, a few times uh, during the week, and it's called a walk. You might know it as a soap, whatever. And part of me is like, that is so basic. Why would you teach people how to like just do a basic Bible journal? And then, um, Andrew mentioned that you know, the whole the whole doctor thing. In in the doctoral program, we had a whole day. We'd have professors come in and, and, and or teachers come in and they would teach. Um, but I'd do online stuff. But then I'd also do like um, condensed learning. And a whole day was dedicated to this by this guy at the doctoral levels. And and you know what we were we were like sitting there like, wow. How come we didn't know this? And so you might know this. And part of me is like, don't even spend time on this. But so I'll just walk through it somewhat quickly. So when I read the word, I usually read a chapter a day. And um, this is how I read it with this in mind, because I'm going to then journal on it. And uh, and so, um, you know, uh, the first part is, as I'm reading the word, I've got, you know, a pen or whatever, and I'm kind of circling or highlighting things that jump out to me. and I'm And I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to to bring something to life in this particular passage. It could be a phrase, it could be whatever, and so that's kind of, as I read the passage, I'm looking for that, and then I go back to the passage, and uh, so I read the chapter, and then I, and I start saying, okay, what's the, what's the thing that pops out to me? Uh, I write that down, uh, and then I start paying attention to it, and so I'm like, uh, this is just kind of basic, biblical, and you know, like, exegesis, or you're looking, like, who's the author? What's the, what's the content, where, what's the crowd, what, what, is, what does it say about who God is, what does it say about who I am, just some basic, like you're a reporter paying attention to the passage, and then the L is just like apply it to my life, and I usually start off this section by saying, Jesus, this is where I'm living, and how this is working out, or Jesus, this is where I'm not living, but I'd, I'd love to live here with what you're teaching me in this passage, and apply it to my life, and then I write out a prayer. I'm a, I'm a, so I, I do these, and I, I do them um, with Evernote. I'm more, more of an electronic guy. But what I wanted to do with you guys this evening is, um, like I said, you have a piece of paper there in front of you, and you've got in the red some of the sort of prompts for this. And, uh, and then when I'm done with the passage, I look at my journal, and I title it. So um, if you want to know what God's been speaking to me, I can just go back on Evernote, and I can look at all of the phrases that I've titled it. I'd be like, oh, God's telling me I'm a son that's awesome because I needed to hear that. God's telling me that I, I need more signs and, like, like I need to start living by faith and not continuing to look for, like, more evidence that he's good. or God. So, um, titling, it's really important. So, we're just going to try it.
0: Thanks again for tuning in. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. If you'd like to visit us in person, we gather at Don Estridge High Tech Middle School in Boca Raton, Florida, every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more sermon content and information, you can check out SolaceChurch.com.